Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Hello, hello, hello. hello. I just seem really low. Am I, I seem a bit low too. No, I just feel like... Oh, I'm louder now. Can you hear yourself I feel now? muffled. If you pull out your thing a little bit, sometimes that helps. Hello, hello, hello. Well, <coughs> bloody look at that. It did help. Hello and welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud. I had to prepare my notes today and I realised I didn't put anything down for the intro. So lucky I know who you two are. I am Rachel Corbett and I am with Mia Friedman and Jessie Stevens. Hello. Hi. Hello. If you haven't jumped into our Facebook group yet, Mamma Mia Out Louders, you must do that because there's a lot of conversation, a lot of love that goes on in there. You must also just... To throw Jessie under the bus, jump into the Married at First Sight lols page, which she is currently drowning in. <laughs> I love that you started that group on a whim one night. 14,000 members later. Yeah. And there's nothing dad, whim about it. My dad has started moderating it because he just thinks it's so fun. <laughs> He's like, uh, can I let this gift through? I'm like, we can let the gift through. And my mum started offering advice on the Out Loud page. Oh, bless. <laughs> to people. They're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, mum, get off there. No, that's great. It can be an agony aunt and <laughs> Today on the show, we're going to be talking about whether you are shopping for avocados the wrong way. Dun, dun, dun. And we're also going to give some advice advice on the right way to have a one-night stand. But first, the Northern Territory has a woman drought. Darwin's rural areas apparently have a ratio of 274.7 men to every 100 women, which is a big difference. There are also a lot of women who aren't that keen on what's on offer up there in the men department. I was reading an article about this woman drought and Jane Thomas, who's a local resident, said, I think there could be a bit more entertainment where men dress in something better than a high-vis uniform. So they're not really digging what's Mm. on offer. But I love some of the other women who are married up there and say that they like the disparity because it keeps their blokes honest. Yes. Yeah, where else are you going to go? Nowhere. You can't cheat. There's no one else. (laughs) Exactly. You're trapped with me. Now, this is actually as amusing as it sounds. It's actually a bit of a problem, right? Because it's bad for population growth. Obviously, it's an issue for social interaction and loneliness for some people if they can't find somebody to have a relationship with. And there was a woman, Ange Newton, who actually had this problem in a town that she lived in, in regional Victoria, town of Harrow. In the early 2000s, the town was only 90 people and 50 of those were men and most of those men were single. And so she thought she was the local publican, had a lot of blokes come in talking about how they were lonely. Mm. She thought, this is a really bad thing. I'm going to get together with a few peeps in town. I'm going to work out what we're going to do. They decided to do a thing called Butte Blokes. They drove down to Geelong. They went and talked on Brecky Radio and said, if anybody wants to come down to Harrow, we've got lovely men here. Come for a country weekend. Stay with some people. Get billeted out. Have a lovely time and see if you meet anybody. And the ladies came. And the ladies came. So much so, she didn't know how to use email, bless her, so she just set up a fax number. (laughs) 
We blew up the fax machine, she said. They had over 100 applicants in the first 24 hours and she conservatively estimates that the campaign sparked over 150 long-term relationships and more than 200 children, which is more than the population of Harris. So I don't know how that math works out. (laughs) But what a nice thing to do because sometimes I think we go, oh, isn't that a funny story, the disparity between men and women? Mm. But it's actually a big thing, especially for people who feel like, oh, I'm lonely and I want to meet somebody. Well, Rach, that's you. We know that you need a man to complete. You, so you'll be off to the NT. I am getting the first bus out. It is it is a big problem from what I understand in rural areas because a lot of women leave for more career opportunities if they don't want to work on the land and there aren't enough jobs in the towns where they live, they will go to the city. And once you lose the women, it then becomes a problem. Mm. A lot of it is to do with women and work because they say that if you can get a woman through that first early phase of her career, Wherever she has that second phase of her career, she'll probably stay. So wherever you drop your babies, you'll probably stay there. And there's a critical mass at which things like having a local school or a local high school or a local footy team, all of those things, if there aren't enough people in the town, you lose them. And then it becomes a vicious cycle because then all of the families that are already there leave. You certainly can't attract new ones. And then you're left with a town of single blokes in high-vis vests. I want to move to NT because I think that you'd walk in and everyone would be like, oh, my God. Like going to Italy. (laughs) Exactly. And you'd get so much attention. Whereas in Sydney... You get all dressed up and you're like, yeah, Mm. I look nice. And you go out to your local bar and the whole crew of Australia's Next Top Model season three is around you and you're like, I should just go home because I can't compete with all of this. Whereas you go to Northern Territory, Mm. you're just looking brilliant. Rachel, I think you should do it. (laughs) Why am I being pimped out? I think it's the next season of The Bachelorette. How is this where we've ended up? Was this just put in the rundown and was I asked just to lead this conversation? You're the one, Rachel, who's always saying you need a man to complete you. You say it every day in the office. We've got a surprise for you outside the studio. There's a camera crew waiting. And you're off to the NT. Are you guys fans of avocados? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Well, yeah. So On you toast would, with Vegemite. You would shop with, pardon? On toast with Vegemite. Vegemite and avocado toast. Well, that was a curveball. <laughs> Don't you ever have that? No. <laughs> My husband fed that to me on the first night that he took me home. That's sexual. <laughs> In the mouth. No, no, I'm aware. It's just that, what, you take someone home and then feed them avocado. Oh, it, was, it was really late and we'd been to a party and I was really hungry. Right. So he took me back to his house and he made me avocado and veggie mud on toast. And I was like, really? What? How would you eat this? And then he's like, just try it. And then I'm like, This is actually amazing. He's a regular George Clooney, I tell you, that hubby of yours. Well, look, we've been shopping for them wrong because everybody, they say 97% of people, in fact, go into a shop to look for an avocado and squidgy it. Just pick it up, see how squidgy it is. Can I confess I do that, but I can never remember what it's meant to be. In order to be ripe, I squeeze it because I know you're meant to squeeze it, but I don't know if it's meant to be hard or soft. Are you kidding me? I can't remember, but I know I'm meant to do the act. So I'm like squeezing it so that everyone around me thinks I know how to grocery shop. What? So you squeeze it and then if it's hard, you buy it? I don't know. I change my mind every time. Are you broken? (laughs) I don't know how to shop. Hang on a second. It's very simple. What is it? If it's squidgy, it's ripe. 
This is why, this is proof that millennials need to spend $20 on avocado on toast because they don't understand how to buy a ripe avocado themselves. Look, either way, we've been ruining things for everybody else because, of course, we go in and work out whether it's ripe or not because how else are you supposed to do it? Or I'm supposed to psychic my way onto the inside of the avocado and work out if it's ripe or not. But there is apparently a way that means that you won't be ruining avocados for everybody. I would say, are you ready for me to change your life? But it's so not that life-changing. Apparently, the way to do it is to, you know how the top of the avocado in the little, mm. where it gets small up the top, it's got a little stem? Yeah. little knobbly bit? Yeah. You're supposed to peel that off and see what colour the flesh is. You might as well get a knife out and just <laughs> open it and go, nah, this, and then put it back. This is what I'm saying. Oh. So apparently if you look in it and it's very light, bright green, then it's too unripe. If it's brown, then it's too overripe and it needs to be somewhere in the middle. Do you know how you tell if a pineapple's ripe? Because that can be another thing that's really hard to tell. You know, one of the spiky bits at the top. Yeah. Try to pull out one of those bits and if it comes out easily, then it's ripe. Get out. If it doesn't come out, it's not ripe. That's so clever. You can tell a rock melon's ripe by smelling it. I don't like rock melon. Oh, don't okay. like the smell. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's always ripe on Uber Eats. <laughs> when you order your avocado on toast, it's always ripe. Mama Mia out loud! Hi, my name's Amy. This is a question for Out Loud. Look, I need some advice for my 16-year-old daughter. I have a bit of a dilemma. Group therapy time and today's question is submitted via podphone. You can do that too. Just ring 028999386. I am recently single and I am super horny and trying to embark on a one-night stand, but I'm terrible at them. I kind of need help with the emotional part, but also the logistical side of it. Like, literally, what do you do? How do you get in there? How do you get out of there? I'm not really in the position to bring a guy home, so I'm dealing with hotel rooms. Yeah, what do you do? After. Do you guys have any advice? I'm the worst person of, of all to offer advice because I've just never been a one-night stand kid. I've never gone into a one-night stand thinking that it would be a one-night stand. I've either gone into a one-night stand hoping that it would be a relationship and then he just wasn't into it or I've gone into it and then just something chemicals changed in my brain after we've had sex and I've gone, oh, we should have a relationship now, neither of which end well. I would suggest instead that you get a subscription for $49, I believe it is, to OMG Yes, Oh My God Yes, Yes. which is the female masturbation site that Emma Watson has been endorsing. I was telling a girlfriend that I had a UTI and she said she's got one too and it's from (laughs) herself (laughs) after being on OMG Yes. Good honour. Because it's amazing. So, look, it's less complicated that way. It's available at any time. No awkward moments. I'm sure there are women that can do the one-night stands. Of course, right? We're all very complex beings. But every friend of mine who's gotten into the one-night stands has eventually at one point, even though they've told me the whole way through that they're loving it, sort of turned around and said, actually, I've been going into every one of these encounters wanting something to come out of it. I just wonder whether fundamentally we as women always set ourselves up for disappointment because we can't help but have that little tiny element of could this be something more? I think yeah. men might come to the same conclusions too, though. It might be a life stage that you go through a few years where you don't want commitment or whatever. But I think men also discover it can be a little bit empty. But it's not for everyone. Some people, that's what they want and sex can be a purely 
physical thing and maybe what she's craving, like she's saying that she's horny, but there's also an element of intimacy that you can crave when you're single. So my advice, two things, the first would be the best place for one night stands is travelling. You go travelling, go do a bloody tour of Europe and you will have all the one night stands in the world. Mm. Do that and then you don't, there's no communication. It's quite sex though. I know, but you also get a holiday out of it. Yeah, that's true. So it's like two birds, one stone. Do you mean like a Kentucky tour or something? I don't even think you need to do that, right? You know what? Go to Bali. Go to Thailand. Somewhere like that. And then just go to a bar. Go out with a bunch of friends. Go to Byron Bay. Exactly. Go to Byron Bay. Go to Melbourne. Go to the Northern Territory, for heaven's sake, if you're a straight girl. I think when you're travelling as a woman, that's probably because you almost go knowing it can't go anywhere. Yes. So it sort of takes that pressure off, I think, that we can sometimes put in ourselves of like, this has to be something when you know they're getting on a plane tomorrow. Look, Jesse, you've done dating apps. Have you done dating apps? Okay, so my understanding is that on dating, apps it's fairly clear that it's quite transactional that was my second piece of advice Ah. jump on tinder and in fact you can before anything happens sort of state what you're there for it doesn't have to be as explicit as like i just want to have sex with you but you can say i'm not really looking for a relationship at the moment and that's fine and you both know what you're getting out of it the problem with one night stands for women is that it's not very good sex The one night stand isn't particularly, it's always a little bit shit because I don't really know you or your body and they're there just to kind of get in and out generally. So if you want to have good sex during this stage of your life, you can find someone that you can keep it a little bit casual with and it doesn't have to go into a relationship. If it's someone that you know you're not going to fall in love with, which I can't you can connect find. my body from my heart and my head. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of women can. Well, that's great. I think that <laughs> if you can, jealous then of that. that's because there are two different needs and desires there. If you're someone who's like, I have a sexual need right now and I can get it fulfilled from this person without having to then have breakfast with them in the morning, then that seems like a fair Another issue Anonymous brought up, which concerns me, is that she said she's not in a position to bring them to her house, which means she'll have to go to their house. I'm a little bit worried about that. How do you manage that? Yeah, that doesn't make me comfortable. I think that when she was saying about hotel rooms, having a neutral space I think is a good idea because – you just don't know what you're walking into at somebody else's house. Again, that's why you go travelling. Go to the Northern Territory. Have your hotel room. Mm. Bring people back. Yes. And then it's like kick them out. Don't go and get like a hostel-style accommodation because I've been in a few of those in my travelling days where people just bring someone home and I'm like, this is not a nice thing to do to other people. Stop having sex in a room with strangers. In a bunk bed above me. <laughs> yes. I can hear it. <laughs> so how do you get rid of someone the next day? You say you have somewhere to be. At tennis? Yeah. At 6am, you say, I've got tennis. (laughs) Get out because I need to lock my house with you outside of it. That's one good thing about going to someone else's house, I guess, that you can leave. Harder if it's your hotel room. Yes, I am not like a stayer overnight. Some girls can sleep with someone that maybe they haven't known for so long and sleep overnight. There's no way I could go to sleep. It's more intimate than sex, I think. Oh, yeah. Jesse likes to crawl out a window. That's actually exactly (laughs) it. I do the Houdini and I'm just like out that window so they can't find me. There's how you end it. I think you should always be kind to them. I don't like ghosting. So if you've got each other's numbers, which isn't entirely necessary if you've just met them at a bar, Mm. then talk to them. But things fizzle out. Like Mm. Men do this all the time. Just act like a man. There's my advice. If you're just out and you just want one thing, right, if dating apps are not your thing and you just want to pick up someone in a bar or you're on holidays or whatever, how do you make it clear what you're up for? 
Do well, you... I think you just sit and talk to them. And then when yeah. they say, which they generally will, do you want to come back to my place? Uh, you say yes. For a little boom boom. <laughs> That's what they say. For a little boom boom. <laughs> Do you want to come back and I'll feed you some Vegemite and avocado on toast? My other advice? <laughs> yes. Get them to wear a condom. There's Please. my advice oh, because yes. no one wants gonorrhea. I heard an interesting gonorrhea fact the other day that mm. I haven't shared with enough people. Did you know that gonorrhea sometimes manifests itself in body odour so you can smell gonorrhea in people's armpits? There you go. Oh, no. Best fact I've ever learnt. Wow. Hi, Beck. How do you change friendship groups without causing conflict? Hi, Beck. How do I tell a girl I don't like her? Hi, Beck. I'm not sure if I should get payback on someone who hurt my feelings. Sometimes in life there are questions you really want to ask but you aren't game to say out loud. And that's where I come in. My name is Beck Sparrow and I'm a writer and columnist, but I'm probably best known for answering anonymous questions from teenage girls in my book, Ask Me Anything. And that's exactly what I'm doing in your ears right now. If you're a tween or a teen or the parent of one, I'm going to be answering all the questions you might be too embarrassed to ask out loud. Ask Me Anything, coming soon to a podcast app near you. What I know for sure is that is the most powerful tool we all have. Do you guys have a lot of dinner parties? No, I have a phobia of dinner parties. Yes. Uh, I do. You do? No, I don't really. But I, I have some. You, you've said you do, and Luke is like, I live with you. When have they ever happened? <laughs> I do in my head. Like, I plan them, and then I just – it's so hard to get everyone together on the same night. Yes. Oh, they're a punish. I made the mistake of having a New Year's Eve party at my – just a dinner at my house, and it just comes a point where I like to – you know, 10.30's rolling around, you want to go to bed, oh, and I'm yeah. like, why won't you people leave me alone? That's the worst. No one will leave, and you can't go, all right, guys, well, I'm just going to walk out my own front door and – hope that everybody follows. Just go and like set the fire alarm. Be like, damn it, out now. <laughs> Have you seen the streamers that say you put them up and they say leave by nine? And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's, that's my what dream. I want every party. <laughs> I need those. Well, Tatler has uh, listed a few dinner party rules and I wanted to go through some of them with you and Please. see what you thought because I think it's the most insufferable <laughs> list of BS <laughs> I have ever read in my life. So this is apparently what we're supposed to be doing if we are good dinner party hosts, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, we start with the invitations. No group emails. It should be a mystery who else is coming. This is my nightmare. If, if I do not know who else is coming, I am in an immediate state of anxiety from the yeah. moment of the invitation until the moment I arrive. I agree. What, what's that about? That's just playing silly buggers. It, That's uh, controlling. You have to know because then you need to know, do I know anybody? Yeah. Should I say yes because I hate everybody there? Maybe I'll say yeah. no. You need to work out and navigate. And I think as a host, you have to understand. Is there someone there who's my Twitter troll? That's it. Yeah. You just yeah. never know. And you have to be accepting of people's decision not to come. You know mm-hmm. when some people say they're going to have a dinner party and they just don't, I don't know if you say no, they're like, oh. Come on. Everybody's got their own choice. Anyway, I think that's ridiculous. Secondly, guests. A dinner party has no less than eight people. That's a lot. Too many. Do you realise what kind of accommodation, like the places we are renting in Sydney? Because they don't fit that many. But I understand (laughs) that in terms of... There can be a point, particularly if you're the host and you have to be in the kitchen a bit and doing stuff where you need enough different combinations of people to be able to talk that everyone sort of gets a chance. Yeah. I think six is about my magic number, including myself. 
depends on the dinner party. Like sometimes we'll just have four or five friends over. Yeah, but any more than eight I think okay. is too much. All right, you you must dress up. Anything from trousers with heels to a cocktail dress. Men should wear some kind of jacket. This is just guest making an effort to acknowledge the effort of the host. I always feel uncomfortable about even wearing shoes in my own house. Yeah. I find it very difficult to dress for my own dinner parties. Yes, I do too. Mm. I never know what to wear because you feel weird dressing up if you're not going to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why have I got heels on when yeah. I'm at home? Why have I even got shoes on? I feel yeah. strange wearing shoes in my why house. Why do I have a bra on? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. But also I like people to come to my house in things that they're comfortable in. Yeah. So you can flop about and I don't care if you don't wear, I'm not going to feel offended if you don't turn up in a skirt. I once wore Ugg boots and had some girlfriends over and one of them was like, oh my God, me is wearing Ugg boots. Truly? Yeah. She was really like, that's not cool. She was English. So she was quite proper. No, I'd like that. Uh, The timing, this gets me. Eight for 8.30 with dinner being served at 8.45. Pardon me? I'm so hungry by then. And how am I going to get you out of my house at nine if I'm only serving you dinner at 8.45? I am come over at 6 p.m. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am too. Because six, then like 9.30, 10, they'll be out. I run out of energy very quickly. So that's <laughs> yes. great. The welcome, never ask a woman in heels to take off her shoes when she enters your house, no matter how plush the carpet. It will ruin her outfit and her night. <laughs> if any of my friends come over, I mean, I would, I'm not a take your shoes off at home kind of person but if you want to take your shoes off sure but I'm not going to make you but if somebody I asked somebody to take your shoes off and they said this will ruin my outfit I would say get out of my house you are not my friend no it won't ruin their outfit it'll ruin their night yeah I'm like you just need to calm down food any guests with any kind of vegan tendency or intolerance should eat beforehand and never mention this (laughs) see at that point I went oh this is satire and it's really funny I think this article might is be really it? funny. Yeah. Because no, you can't. Do you Come know what? On. No, look, I have to say, I've got quite a few vegan friends and it's a pain in the ass, particularly if you have people and their kids over because then you've also got to cater for the kids. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, is pizza for the kids? Yeah, but not ham because he's a vegetarian and we're vegan, but we eat a little bit of fish, but only white fish. And I'm like, well, I'm stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> But then I find that often those people will offer to bring things. I always do. I'm gluten yep. intolerant. I always say, do you want me to bring the pasta? And do, do people say yes? Most of the time, no, they go, we're sorted. Because oh. it's pretty easy. Oh, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always say yes. Whenever anyone offers to bring something to a dinner party, my default response is yes. And Jace is horrified. He says it's so rude. And I'm like, they want to help. Yeah. Let them help. Yeah. It will make them feel good. And it's one less thing I have to make. I'm totally obsessed with you. Recommendation time. What you got? Friedman, that look of startled, <laughs> crawly crap means nothing. Come back to me. <laughs> Jesse. I got a good one. I tried to push it on everyone for topic today. Got completely shut down as usual. I have a podcast that I'm recommending and it is the Joe Rogan Experience, which I don't normally like that much because Joe Rogan grinds my oh, gears a bit. He also does 20 minutes of ads in the beginning. Uh, 20 minutes of ads. This podcast is two and a half hours yeah. long, which is it's a much. little bit pretentious. Mm. But anyway, it's with Dr. Jordan Peterson and that's who I'm really interested in at the moment. My brothers are really interested in him. I'm going to hear him speak in a few weeks and I just find him to be a really fascinating individual. He's a clinical psychologist and what's referred to as like a cultural critic and he's just looking at the way the world is and the left and right and political correctness and all these things but bringing them all together in a really smart way and I don't agree with everything he says. He's had some really controversial 
opinions. He has a YouTube channel as well, which is incredible. There's really interesting videos there. He just, he's making me think at the moment. And he's got a book called The 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, which um, my brothers are reading too, which is meant to be amazing. And I just think everyone should give him a go. He's one of those people I listen to and he makes me feel smarter. Uh, I'm going to make you feel dumber. No, I've got I've got three recommendations. Oh well, haven't you come out of the woods? I have. <laughs> you, had no, you had nothing two seconds ago. I'm back hardcore. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost like it's almost like you're trying to prove yourself. <laughs> hey guys, three. Oh, yep. No, I didn't forget to prep. <laughs> I'm feeling very competitive. And just... you, I threw the gauntlet down for myself. So my three recommendations. I froze because I thought something that I've read or something that I've watched or something that I've listened to, but I'm going to do none of those things. I'm going to do three things. One is wear a scarf in your hair. Lots of fun. I've been doing that. There's a great lady startup called Scarfy Official. You can find them on my page. You find them on the lady startup page, which is fantastic, where I post amazing lady startups and businesses run by women. So wear a scarf in your hair. It's a really fun hairstyle. The second thing is, is when I was in Perth last weekend, hi to all our Perth listeners. We are going to go, I think we're going to do an out loud live show over there. There's lots of demand from Perth. But I found a shoe shop opposite my hotel called Hobbs, H-O-B-B-S. And I bought several pairs of shoes from there. They're online as well. They ship free around Australia. It's run by a woman. It's a family owned business that's run by a woman. And they just do really great, comfortable shoes that also look really fun and there's lots on sale at the moment and my third one is Clinique City Block everyone's been asking me why my skin looks good this week and Clinique's just kind of one of those brands my mum used it and I just kind of haven't thought about using it for a long time and I interviewed this woman who um, Janet Pardo who's the global vice president of product development at Clinique and we had some little segments in our no filter podcast over the next few weeks and I was asking her about her skin and she sent me after our podcast a little tube of City Block. I've been using it and it's got a little bit of sort of tinted moisturizer in it. So it's got a little bit of a tint and it's amazing. So it's a sunscreen. It's a lot, a lot plus. I don't know what it is. I'm getting lots of compliments on my skin. So they're my three recommendations. I got given a bunch of Clinique stuff for Christmas and it is incredible. Like a night cre- stuff that I wouldn't necessarily buy yeah. myself because I don't know what any of it does. Anyway, it is so good and it smells amazing. And it's one of those brands that I've always just really trusted, even for yeah. makeup, like mascara does great foundation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was going to recommend a book, but I've changed my mind after hearing your three recommendations. I'm recommending nine things. No, I can't. Um, I'm going to recommend walking in the morning and getting up a half an hour earlier at just at a minimum and maybe expanding it as time goes on. Even if you are exhausted and you feel like, no, 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 the extra half an hour sleep will be so much better than actually getting up half an hour earlier, it won't. I guarantee you. It has changed my life. It wakes me up. I feel way better than Mm. I ever did when I slept for the extra half hour. Even when I'm exhausted, I still push myself to do it. And after just a Mm. 15-minute, half-an-hour walk, every single morning I feel like, oh, that was so much better than the lion. It gives you more energy and it just makes you feel like you have a bit more time to yourself in Mm. the morning, which makes you start your day in a better, more positive way, which has really helped my anxiety. I used to always be sort of get out of bed, race. Now I try and go for a walk in the morning. I eat my breakfast. I have reading time. I try and really slow down. I like to have at least an hour before I start to get ready so that I can do a bit of walking, reading and that kind of stuff just to give yourself a bit of 
space and time mm. before you start a hectic day. It's one of the things in the last couple of years that I've started doing which has changed my life. So I advise just try it for a week, see if it makes you feel different, and I guarantee after a week you'll think, oh, I'm just going to keep on doing this because it's an amazing way to start your day. I've always been a morning exerciser. Jessie, you've always been a morning sleeper. I have, but I walk to work now, which is a half an hour walk. Completely changed my life. Mm. It sounds so obvious, but it's the uh, fresh air even. Because you go from your apartment to then being in the office Mm. to then maybe Mm. you don't go out for lunch. And then you're like, I haven't even just like Mm. breathed properly. And it's just the best feeling to go for that half an hour walk and come in and feel so fresh. I also wanted to thank everyone for their recommendations. I was inundated I spent so much time going through dresses for this engagement party. Have you got a good one? Oh, I got a really good one <laughs> from this place called Dress Concierge. Is that oh. how you pronounce it? Yeah. Um, and it's like one of those ones where you can rent a dress oh. that's worth 800 bucks for like 99 It is gorgeous. I haven't tried it on yet, but it, it looks beautiful. I've wanted to try this for ages, the thing where you kind of just rent a dress because I never wear it again. Yeah. By yeah. the time there's another party, it's last season or or whatever so I'm going to try this Glam Corner is kind of the same there's a whole lot of Sydney dress and a lot of them are run by lady startups so everyone should think about that it's good for the uh, environment too because you're not like throwing Mm. things out right how long do you get it for you get it for basically the weekend so I got it for it's arrived today for me to wear on Saturday and I'll send it back they dry clean it you don't touch it on like Monday or Tuesday I'd love it if you could wear it into the office on Monday just to get extra bang so we could see it. Get the most out of your $99. If you have some recommendations, please head to our Out Louders Facebook group and throw them in. We always love to hear from you. That's it, ladies. We're Amazing. Hooray. Today the show was not produced by Lizzie Ratliff. It was produced by Luca Levine, who's been sitting over there laughing away, which has been lovely to see. Uh, Have a lovely weekend, y'all, and we will see you on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. That was a fun episode. It was fun. <laughs> now I open the door and there's the camera crew waiting. To oh, yeah. Off I go to NT. <laughs>